You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To get this show every day, I need you to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to tell your smart device to play Podcast Locked on Mets. Now, last week, I was unable to wrap up the series on the 2000 New York Mets. So I'm going to do that today, talking about the NLCS that year, and then ultimately the World Series, which they lost to the New York Yankees. Throughout the rest of the week, Stay tuned as we go back to just last season and talk about some of the best moments from 2019. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, check me out on Twitter, at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsmerizedOnline.com. Now, going to the NLCS, Mike Hampton was on the mound for Game 1. You may recall in the previous series, he did not have his best performance, but in Game 1, pitching against the St. Louis Cardinals, Hampton delivered as the Mets' ace. Across seven innings pitched, he limited the Cardinals to just six hits and no runs. He also helped his own cause in the fifth inning, getting a base hit, moving to second on a ground out, and then scoring the Mets' third run on an Agardo Alfonso RBI single in the fifth. The Mets had jumped out previously to a quick lead in the first inning when Timo Perez led off the game with a double. Then Agardo Alfonso drew a walk. Mike Piazza doubled home Perez. Rob Ventura had a sacrifice fly that scored Alfonso, and that's how the Mets first got on the board. After attacking on that run in the fifth, the Mets had a 3-0 lead heading into the ninth inning. They then continue to pile on runs, scoring three more in the ninth inning, starting with a leadoff homer by Todd Zeal, and then later a two-run homer by Jay Payton. In the bottom of the ninth inning, Armando Benitez did allow a couple of runs, but there was also some shoddy play in the field that led to that. Regardless, the Mets went home with a 6-2 victory on the road. Then Game 2 also taking place, In St. Louis, the Mets once again found themselves on the winning side. For the Cardinals, it was Rick Ankiel on the mound. Ankiel, of course, eventually became an outfielder, but at this time, he was still a starting pitcher, and he is well-known for the yips, basically. I mean, this is a guy who had a ton of talent, but was unable to put it all together as a pitcher, and that's what happened in this game. I mean, he was wild. He walked two. He threw wild pitches. That put runners on second and third with one out in the first inning. Todd Zeal hit a sacrifice fly that scored a run. Then, after another walk, Benny Agbayani had a double that scored another run. In the bottom of the second inning, the Cardinals were able to get a run back on Mets starter Al Leiter to cut the lead to one. Mike Piazza was able to extend that lead back to two in the top of the third with his first home run of the series. With the Mets leading 3-1, Leiter faltered again in the bottom of the fifth inning, allowing two runs on a pair of run-scoring doubles by Edgar Renteria 
and Fernando Tatis. And all of a sudden, the game was knotted up at three runs apiece. Moving on to the eighth inning, the Mets were able to put a rally together. Agardo Alfonso, Timo Perez, and Todd Zeal all singled in that frame. Piazza was intentionally walked. And when it was all said and done, the Mets had scored two runs to take a two-run lead. But that was quickly erased in the bottom half of that same inning as John Franco gave up a pair of runs. In the top of the ninth inning, though, the Mets were able to get another lead. Robin Ventura reached on an error and then was moved over to second on a sacrifice bunt. Joe McEwing came in as a pinch runner, and then Jay Payton delivered another game-winning hit, his second of that postseason, nailing a single that scored McEwing, and then the Mets were able to avoid anything in the bottom half of the ninth as Armando Benitez locked down the save. So the Mets went to St. Louis and they stole each of the first two games. In Game 3, as things transitioned back to New York, the Mets did not have the same luck. The Cardinals were able to put up 8 runs against the Mets, doing a lot of damage on their starter, Rick Reed. The Mets did score a pair of runs, but ultimately... They really had no hope in that game, dropping it to the Cardinals by the score of 8-2. The offense continued in Game 4 as the Cardinals piled on 6 runs, including a 2-run homer in the first inning off of Mets starter Bobby Jones, who had just had that great start in the NLDS in his previous outing. But the Mets were able to produce a lot of offense themselves, Starting off in the first inning, as Timo Perez led things off with the ground rule double, Edgardo Alfonso came up next, and he had a double of his own scoring Perez. Mike Piazza came up, and what did he do? He also doubled. Now, Alfonso did not score on that play as he held up on a fly, but Robin Ventura, who was up next, followed with another double for four consecutive doubles, which scored both Alfonso and Piazza, and the Mets took a 3-2 lead, which they never gave up from that point on. Guess what happened next? After an out, Benny Agbayani came up. He doubled. That scored Ventura. Five doubles in one inning, which was a new league championship series record. With the Mets winning 4-2, they found some more success in the second inning. With two outs and the bases loaded, Todd Zeal did what? Hit another double, which scored two more runs. Agbayani came up and got a base hit himself, which scored the seventh Mets run. And right there, they basically were able to cruise from that point on. Yes, they did give up six runs, but they continued to tack on, scoring a run in the fourth inning off of a Mike Piazza home run, and two more in the sixth inning. After the 10-6 victory, the Mets were one win away from going to the World Series. Then came Game 5, which was somewhat anticlimactic because the Mets just cruised to the victory behind Mike Hampton, who was once again great. He pitched a complete game, three-hit shutout. The Mets scored seven runs, and they were going to the World Series For the first time since 1986, of course, 
This was the fourth pennant in franchise history as they had won the pennant in 69, 73, 86, and then 2000. Would the Mets be able to come out victorious? Well, it all came down to one of the most infamous World Series ever because it was all played in one city. That was the Subway World Series between the New York Mets and the New York Yankees. I'm going to talk about all of that in a second, but whether you want an early morning breakfast burrito or a 12-pack of beer, sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast, and that is where Postmates comes in. Postmates is your personal delivery service for food, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery you need all year round. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and traditional retailers that you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store, Postmates deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free, and then begin to browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code Locked On. That's code Locked On for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmates it. Going into the 2000 World Series, it would be foolish to say that the New York Mets were not severe underdogs because they were going against the two-time defending World Series champion, New York Yankees. The Yankees, of course, were in their heyday, the most recent heyday, that is, with Derek Jeter, Bernie Williams, Andy Pettit, Mariano Rivera, all that coming into play. But that World Series will be known for a lot of different storylines that took place throughout. So you go to Game 1, okay? There was a matchup between two premier left-handed starting pitchers, Al Leiter and Andy Pettit. Both of them pitched scoreless baseball until the 6th inning, and then David Justice broke the seal, hitting a 2-run double for the Yankees to give them the lead. The Mets, however, in the top of the 7th, rallied right back. They loaded the bases against Pettit with two singles and a walk before Bubba Trammell tied the game with a two-run single to left. Timo Perez had a sacrifice bunt that moved up the runners. Pettit was relieved from the game, and Agardo Alfonso came up big, getting an RBI single to put the Mets ahead. Here was where it all fell apart for the Mets. In the bottom of the ninth inning, with the Mets holding a lead, and this is something that, you know, Mets fans can really just harp on over the past, you know, two cracks they've had at a World Series. The inability to close the door when you have a lead in the ninth inning. Mondo Benitez, which is where he lost a lot of his love for Mets fans, gave up 
the game tying run on a bases loaded sacrifice fly that extended the game into extra innings later on in the 12th inning the Yankees once again loaded the bases and Jose Vizcaino drove in Tino Martinez against Turk Wendell with his fourth hit of the game and the Yankees won away with the first victory. Then came game two, which was a saga in so many ways. First, you had Roger Clemens. If you remember, there was a lot of history between Mike Piazza and Roger Clemens. During interleague play that same season, Clemens had hit Piazza in the head with a fastball, which resulted in a concussion. Then came one of the most infamous moves in, I, I don't know if MLB history is speaking a little bit too uh, over the top, but certainly in Mets history, certainly in the rivalry between these two teams. Because when Mike Piazza came up for the first time, you all know a pitch by Roger Clemens shattered his bat. The ball went foul. For some reason, Roger Clemens picked up the barrel of the bat and chucked it at Mike Piazza. It will never make sense why that instance happened. For whatever reason, Clemens would say, I thought it was the ball. What Roger Clemens said was ridiculous because, A, okay, fine, it's the baseball, but what are we playing, kickball where you throw the ball at the runner and you get him out? It made absolutely no sense. Still, (laughs) Clemens went out and pitched a good ball game. Fortunate, but that's what happened. Mike Hampton was not as lucky. He walked two in the first inning, gave up a pair of RBI hits to Tito Martinez and Jorge Posada to give the Yankees a 2-0 lead. Then in the second inning, Scott Brocious hit a home run, putting the Yankees up 3-0. Later in the fifth inning, they would tack on another. In the seventh inning, another. In the eighth inning, another. And the Mets were down 6 to nothing, heading into the top of the ninth inning. That team in 2000, though, had fight. Jeff Nelson came in to relieve Roger Clemens, who had pitched eight scoreless innings. And he immediately gave up a leadoff hit to Edgardo Alfonso. Mike Piazza might not have gotten his revenge on Clemens exactly, but he did hit a two-run homer to cut the lead to just four runs. Rob Ventura came up. He got a base hit. Then came Mariano Rivera, who got Todd Zeal out. But then Benny Agbayani got a hit. Lenny Harris came in as a pinch hitter and grounded into a force out at home. Still, though, there was two runners on, and Jay Payton came up to the plate, who had been prone to some heroics. And Payton hit a three-run homer, which cut the Yankees' lead to six to five. Now at that point, it was just too big of a mountain to climb. Mariano Rivera struck out Kurt Abbott, and the game was over. The Yankees took a two nothing lead back to Shea Stadium. Really, when I recollected back onto this series and then thought about what it looked like fifteen years later in two thousand fifteen, kind of a very similar vibe, because in both series. The Mets were able to win a game in Game 3 when they finally got back home. Ron Ventura got the scoring going for the Mets with a leadoff home run in the second inning. Third baseman hitting a home run in a playoff game. The Mets win home. David Wright went yard in 2015, so there's another 
parallel to draw from it. But the Yankees were a very good team in the third inning. They tied the game in the fourth inning. They took a lead in the sixth inning. The Mets were able to tie the game themselves as Mike Piazza hit a leadoff double. Then after a walk, he scored on a double by Todd Zeal. In the eighth inning, Zeal contributed again, getting a single with one out and then later scoring on a double from Benny Agbayani. Jay Payton went single as well, moving Agbayani to third. And then Bubba Trammell hit a sacrifice fly, and the Mets took a two-run lead going into the ninth inning, where Armando Benitez was able to shut the door. Game four came for the Mets, and unfortunately they were not able to find any more success. The Yankees tacked on a run apiece in the first, second, and third innings, giving them a 3 to nothing lead. In the bottom of the second inning, Mike Piazza was clutch again, hitting a two-run homer. But that was all the Mets could do, and they ended up falling to the Yankees by a score of 3-2. to two. Game 5 brought more of the same for the Mets. They did take a 2-1 to one lead in the bottom of the second inning when a throwing error on Al Leiter's bunt attempt allowed the Mets to score one run, and then Benny Agbayani had an RBI single to put them ahead. But Derek Jeter, who went on to be the World Series MVP, homered in the sixth inning to tie the game. The Mets just could not get the offense going anymore. And then in the top of the ninth inning, the Yankees scored two. Mariano Rivera was able to shut the door. And the New York Yankees once again won the World Series. Now, when I had to pick a couple seasons to look back on for the best seasons in franchise history, I landed on these two. 1986, because that is the consensus best season in franchise history. Obviously, you can say that the Miracle Mets of 1969 are the next best, or even, hey, first championship is the sweetest, whatever, maybe that's the best. Regardless, I wasn't around 1969. I didn't see that firsthand, so I can't really give you any of my own two cents on it, right? The 2000 Mets were special because that was the height of Mike Piazza's tenure with the New York Mets. In the World Series, he performed. He performed in different stages throughout the playoffs, but most of all, he performed throughout his career with the Mets. As someone who is in their mid-20s, Mike Piazza was that first superstar player that I could be attached to. I talked about it when I had Brian Wright on. I went and saw him get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Those teams with Mike Piazza were special And so I look back at that 2000 season, and yeah, they weren't able to get the job done. At the same time, you were talking about going up against a Yankees team that was in the midst of a dynasty. Everything had to go the Mets' way if they were going to win that series. You go back to Game 1. They could have won that game if Benitez shuts the door. They don't. You go back into Game 2. The Mets are able to rally from down by six runs. That showed tremendous fight. They just couldn't get over the top. If the Mets are able to keep the Yankees off the board at some point through the first eight innings of the game, who knows, maybe the Mets win that and they come back home winning 2-0. But regardless, that Mets team did something that very few teams have done in franchise history. They went through and they made it to the World Series. 2015, 
The Mets did that as well. But I kind of believe right now the legacy of that team in 2015 has not been officially written yet. The door is not shut. You still have guys from that team in 2015 who can maybe get the job done. You still have Jacob deGrom, Steven Matz, Michael Conforto. Jury's Familia comes back inside. There's still pieces of that team around. And so maybe that's not the height of that 2015 team. Making it to the World Series maybe was just the beginning of something that the Mets can ultimately come through and deliver and give their fans their third World Series championship in franchise history. The 2000 Mets, that was the pinnacle of Mike Piazza's era. And Mike Piazza is arguably the best position player in franchise history. He's at least the only position player to have a Mets cap on in Cooperstown in the Hall of Fame. Now, as I said earlier on in the show, throughout the rest of the week, I'm going to be going back into last season and talking about some of the highlights and best moments from the 2019 Mets. So be sure to tune in every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All you have to do to get the show is tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Mets.